to do a few things. Actually, just one thing. I'm going to get on point where I'm supposed to be. And uh, I'm feeling like I'm in a season of stretching people. Right? Pastors kind of try and uh, make people feel okay. Sometimes the apostolic will pull stuff out of people and make people not feel okay. But you're going to stretch people, right? And so uh, I just be careful because I may ask you. <laughs> Don't be careful. Just be ready, right? We're supposed to be ready in all seasons. So I've asked. Uh, Callie Mark, how many love Callie? Yeah. Come on. I've asked her to just share what the Lord's been just speaking to her. Um, I don't think she's preaching a 20-minute message, but who knows? No, I said it didn't need to be long. I just want people to just begin to release what's inside them. What's God speaking? Because it's going to help someone in the room, Right? When we have things that the Lord's speaking to us, it's not just for us usually, you know? I mean, sometimes, yeah, the Lord needs to deal with us as a person, but you know what? There's someone somewhere else that's probably dealing with the same thing or something close to what we, where, where God's speaking to us, and it just helps to pull us into a, that place, right? Like, wow. And so you get to enter into what the Holy Spirit's speaking to other people, right? So I'm just going to have Callie just share something going to be awesome. Hi again, everyone. How are you? I will not be preaching a 20-minute message, I promise. I did not prepare for that. Um, so I do just want to share a couple of things, though. Um, maybe. Yeah, okay. So I just want to share something. Um, a little bit, a little story, and then after I share the story, I'll explain a little bit about it. Uh, so, all right. So it's a, val a valuable thing, you know, such value that I don't take it out for people to see something so valuable that it stays locked up for safety, yet no one but us knows where the key is. It may be safe, but what good is something so magnificent if it can't be adored or appreciated by anyone else, not shared at any point or time? And, um... That's just something small, but it's kind of what I'm learning about my heart. Um, and Miles was like, yeah, I just share what's on your heart. And I was like, like my heart? Heart? Like, so, but in all reality, like the Lord's been teaching me a lot about my own heart. And just kind of like how, you know, I kind of keep it locked up and it's difficult to share personal things with people that aren't like, you know, in your little sphere. So um, something that he was teaching me is that uh, he cares much more about my heart than I do, right? So I keep it all boxed up, but he's like, no, I care. Like I put that stuff there and it's not there for me to hold on to. It's not there for me just to keep like boxed up. Like, you know, some of it, yes, but some of it is to share with others. And, you know, like he said, like if you don't share nobody's going to know that you're on the same base as them. Nobody's going to know that, you know, you're feeling the same way or you're going through the same things. Um, and um, something that um, he showed me a couple weeks ago was just um, engaging, right? Like using my heart to engage with the people around me, to engage with him, just to almost like a, a hand opening like a door handle, right? So that door is open and like we're going to open it for the Lord but we need to open it a little bit for the people around us or else you know they're not really going to be able to know us um, so I just want to share a verse with you real quick um, it's in Matthew 5 and it's coming out of the message version it's Matthew 5 8 and um, it's actually um, I would have probably never I don't read the message version very often but um, I probably would have never come across this verse. It was like a couple years ago, and I got a word from someone. And um, he just said, um, 
I'll read the verse and then I'll tell you what he said. So it says, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right, because then you can see God in the outside world. And um, the Lord reminded me of this verse the other day. I was driving in the car, so I put the word on that the, that the, wor- that the person gave me. And he said, this isn't an inner healing word, but this is a God is coaching you and you're becoming a master of your heart. And so it was kind of crazy because I listened to it and um, it was actually the day after Miles texted me and said, I want you to share. (laughs) I was like, what? Um, So I listened to that and I was just like, okay. And that word was like three years ago, right? But it's like coming to fulfillment in this season, in the season that I'm in now. Um, So I say all that to tell you. Um, just, yes, be careful with your heart, but at the same time, talk to the Lord about it because there's going to be times where you need to share what he's put on your heart and you need to share what he's doing in you. That way other people will know, okay, I relate to them. Okay, this is safe, right? And like, like I said in a little bit in what I said in the beginning, um, what good is something so magnificent, right? So we want to keep it so safe. It's so valuable. But what good is it if you can't share it with somebody, if nobody else can look on it and adore it and, you know, learn from it? So there you go. I'm done. (laughs) It's great. Pray for everyone in the room right now, your heart, right? First of all, I want the eyes of your heart to be open. Secondly, I want want our heart to be true, right? Because that's what she's talking about, be true to who God is and to who you, you know, sometimes we're not supposed to let everyone in in our space. But sometimes we're supposed to be vulnerable so other people can receive from the wisdom and the wealth of what God's doing in our lives. And, the well, and I just really what I felt right there was that there's wells inside of her that we've yet to even untap. And so just keep her talking a little bit, right? So, all right, so just raise your hands because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the Lord to just drop something on us tonight. Father, we just thank you for your heart tonight. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, just unlock our hearts so that we can see and hear and know you. And Lord, help us to discern the things that we're rightly supposed to release from our hearts. And what we're supposed to just keep in the secret place with you, God. Because there's so many things, Lord, you want to open up to us. And there's so many rooms that you want to open up to us. And sometimes it doesn't happen unless we keep some things to ourselves. And so we ask that, Lord, you open up our hearts to the capacity that we know and understand and release, Father, release greater grace on us to just live out of that place. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace upon us. And we receive it now we, as we open, you open those eyes, the spiritual eyes of our hearts that you're the only one that can do that. In Jesus' name, just take it. It's good for us tonight. Um. And I want to talk to you about the secret place tonight. Is that okay? Um, Wednesday night we had a good conversation. And I just feel like God wants to unlock some things because I, I'll, I'll, I'll say what I said Wednesday night. You know, we can have all kinds of things going on in our lives, but the one thing that God wants is us to seek his face. And I don't, <laughs> I always said this, like I don't want, I don't want my life in prayer to be boring. And guess what? God is not boring at all. This is what I said on Wednesday. God's not boring. We're bored So we cause our prayer life to be a little bit dry, crusty, without water, without oil, without life. Because we just get into ritual, right? 
telling you, we get into ritual and we don't get into the substance of who God is and how many want to experience the Lord. And I'm not saying it's all about experiencing Him, but I am telling you, God wants your prayer life, your communion with Him to be interactive. Are you hearing me? Because this is, so, this is where we get stuck. This is where the church gets stuck. See, I always said, I don't want to be the leader of the boring people. And you know, we want to, I want to, church, I, I love, we need all the generations, but I, my heart's desire is that the, 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 just the younger generation, the 20s, the 30s, they would all come flocking in because we have the oil. Right? Because when you speak words, there's life on you. Because you've been somewhere else. Because we can't get life on us until we spend time with Him. I promise you this, anyone that's seen anything in a movement or revival or God coming and showing up on the scene, it came through a place of deep prayer and relationship with the Lord. And our life is built out of the secret place. Built, constructed. Yes, God will use the things you've been through, but he won't transform you until you've been to him and been before him and seen his face. Right? What happened when Moses spent time with the Lord? This is old covenant, guys. The glory of the Lord shone on him, and Paul spoke of it, right? Even until now, he says, no one can see the glory unless the veil is pulled away. And I'm just encouraging us tonight in a life of fervent prayer. A life that we engage with the Lord and we seek him and we actually find him. Because that's what his word tells me is that when I seek him, I'll find him. Not that I might find him, not that, I, not that something magical may happen because I'm not looking for some uh, you know, strange thing to just happen and then I realize I'm in some weird encounter. I'm not looking for the weirdness, but I'll take it if that's what God's going to give me. Right? Because the Lord wants to speak to you. He wants to show up in your room. He wants to bring angels and he wants to do all kinds of crazy wild things. I could tell, just think of what heaven looks like tonight. <laughs> I always go to Revelation. Like, what does heaven look like right now? John tells me there's four living creatures flying around, and every time they see the Lord, they see a deep, different type of glory. They see a new face on God. They see something extravagant changing because they continue to, how, how long can you say holy, holy, holy? How long? In all eternity, and is, you think it's repetitious? I'm telling you, heaven is not a boring place. And I know, you don't, I know you know that. But then we come to earth and we say, Lord, I want heaven to come to be here now. And we move in things like it's all normal. I want your perspective to change tonight. I want to read a couple of scriptures. I'm going to start with, my, with Matthew chapter 6. And I just want, I want you to hear, you know, Jesus gave a model for prayer, right? But he said this, he said, pray. When you pray, go into your room. Do I have a slide for that? I do. I have slides this week, just two, but at least something to like stimulate you. <laughs> Matthew 6, verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret. Wow. That might even mean, what am I doing? I didn't move. I didn't do anything. I'm good? Can you hear me okay? All right. Your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Ian Bounds put it this way. He says, the man 
or woman, should I say. God's man is made in the closet. His life and his most profound convictions are born in his secret communion with God. And I'm telling you tonight that we cannot be the same if we enter into a place with the Lord where we actually meet him. Where we see his face. Where our lives are covered with who he is. Ready? Is it too hot in here? Because I have a feeling everyone's about to go not out. Can you kick the heat down? Because everyone will be like, <laughs> I'll be preaching to a sleeping room. Wait, rise from the dead. <laughs> it is. It got hot. I don't know what happened. I'm ready to flip my shirt off too. Oh, I've got a t-shirt. Andrew Murray said this, to be alone in secret with the Father should be the highest joy. Should be the paramount thing. Right? Because to the man who draws, him, who draws himself from all of the world and a man that waits alone for God, the Father will reveal himself. So I'm going to ask you tonight what we fill ourselves with just as a word of conviction. Because God is trying to pull all the things that pull us away from time with him. And we have so many things, right? Social media, our good TV shows, whether they're bad or good, they pull us away, right? Netflix, that stuff, it can pull us away from our time if you don't have time with Jesus, right? But I'm saying I don't have time to do a lot more, right? Sometimes I do just want to veg out and watch a movie. Come on. I'm there. But what is it? What is it really? God is calling us into a deep place. How does he speak to the well in your life if he can't get at the well? If you don't prioritize your, the place where you, you live with him, right? You abide, right? I was talking about abiding a couple weeks ago. The abiding glory, the abiding place with God where your life is connected to God. Lord Jesus, help me tonight. Because I can't even describe to you where God wants to take you unless I give you practical things, right, from my life, right? And really, I've been in places where I've been either preparing for ministry. I sat down in, at the old campus in Barrington, and I would pace in the morning, down in the basement with all the nasty... It was just at Zion, right? I would just pace. And I could hear everyone's conversations up above me, all the married students. I'd put in earplugs, I would actually. I don't want to hear them fighting. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> but the reality is that I would pace. And sometimes nothing would happen. Sometimes I'd just speak to the Lord. Sometimes I'd just wait upon the Lord. Sometimes nothing at all would happen. And for years and years I did that for years for three years I just sowed in prayer and it was kind of dry and every now and then we go and minister someplace and something would happen right but I can tell you this I did it out of discipline hello sometimes it's not always warm and fuzzies right Sometimes when you're learning and you're getting, you don't even, sometimes, some of us don't even know our language with God yet. Can you hear me? Because God speaks to us and we don't know how he speaks. And God's trying to release a true word to us and we don't understand what he's saying. Why? Because I haven't pressed in with the Lord. And some of us don't want to hear the Lord. Because he might ask for change. Everyone's like, some of us don't want to hear the word, but what is that? I'm saying that in the concept of sometimes God's looking to get at certain things. And we don't spend time because we're trying to stay away from removing those things from our lives. And I'm not even talking about anything. It could be simple things. Right? Are you hearing me? Really? And the Lord is after those, those little things that are going to spoil the vine. Right? And he wants those things 
And sometimes we're just ignorant in prayer. Luke chapter 11. 11 1. Because this was the prayer, right? That we wanted to pray. Because his disciples went to him and they, they saw he had results. They saw Jesus had results. He said, he came, now it came to pass when he was praying in a certain place. And when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, because why? Because Jesus had something where he would engage with the Father that the disciples were watching him. I promise you this. If they were hanging around and they were camped out all day and night and they were always together, right? And as I said, they were probably 20 years old, maybe younger. And so they're watching. And they realize that Jesus had something that they didn't have. What did he have? He said, Lord, teach us to pray. I'm just going to hit this, right? But our Father, hallowed be your name. Right? It gives us a pattern for prayer in this, right? It does give us a pattern for prayer. It gives us a model on how we're to pray. Right? But I just want us to pass by some of this because we go into this whole chapter and it talks about a life of prayer. It talks about what happens when we don't all of a sudden see what we're supposed to see and things don't actually, we don't really see the results right away and what are we supposed to do? Right, because I've been in situations where I've been waiting on the Lord and then when I get really agitated. I've, I've, I've been in prayer and I've been frustrated and I've leaned back and said, God, just say whatever you want to say. And boom, I went straight into an encounter with the Lord. Just like that. Out of frustration. So we're all concerned about our heart posture. I'm telling you, throw the theology of prayer out. I know there's things and I know there's principles. Yes, we need to come to him with clean hands and a pure heart. That's not the issue. I can go to him with clean hands and a pure heart and say, God, why aren't you answering me? And what was all that that I just went through? And now I got to go minister tomorrow and I went through all this nonsense today and I... And the, Lord, and the angel of the Lord shows up in my office. Just like I'm looking at you now. Scared the life out of me, really. Really, it was intense. In all his glory, and all his splendor. And he revealed that how he speaks, and it's... He just wants to give us all the knowledge and all the wisdom of all the ages. He wants to give it to us. But he's asking us, are you willing? And when I do that, what are you going to do with it? And here's what the cross did. And he opens up... All of the, the whole line of salvation from when it cut off through the blood of Jesus and the fullness of who he is. And God wants to give us an encounter with him. Not because we read the right chapter <laughs> and do all the perfect right things. Because I promise you this, if you just set your heart to praying. If you set your heart to relationship with him, right? I love this. Ready? Verse 5, Luke 11. I didn't change the chapter. He says, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on, on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, don't trouble me. The door's now shut and my children are with me in bed and I'm not rising up. I'm not getting up, dude, to give it to you. I say to you, though, he will not rise and give to him because he has, because he is his friend, yet because of persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. 
So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. So what's happening here? How many of, I, I know people all over the place, really. If you talk to people, most of the time they, who have prayed once or prayed twice in a Hail Mary prayers, who don't have a relationship with the Lord, well, I tried praying and nothing happened. <laughs> I'm going to say to you this, God is looking for a relationship. God's looking for us. Because if I go to him and I say, Lord, Lord, I'm in need of these things. Three loaves of bread. Three loaves. God wants to release revelation to us. Who's asking for it? And when it doesn't come, who, who, who continues to go like this? Wait a second. Didn't I'm, Lord, I'm looking for revelation. It's not here yet. The kids will be walking through the door soon. But do you understand what I'm saying? Because what we do is we do this. We just walk away thinking, oh, God doesn't want to speak. He doesn't want to release things to me. No, things have happened in my life because of what? Because why? Because I'm, a be, I'm not a good model. I don't know. We get, we get all kinds of weird things going on in our minds. Well, God doesn't care about us. God, are you there? Jesus, are you coming? Are you going to release something for my life? Wait, it's not here yet. Seriously, guys. Ser I'm, I'm dead serious tonight. Because what happens is we stop. Well, this thing isn't changing in my life and I can't get control of these things in my mind, and there's so many things that I'd like to see change in my life. Except we kind of sit and we just wait for God to do something. Right? We wait. Ask. Knock. Seek. Really, it's easy. <laughs> it's really going to be simple tonight. I'm pretty simple. It's real easy, but God is looking for us to come into an amazing relationship. He wants to breed, he wants a new breed of revivalists to be rising out of the earth. That doesn't mean you have to even have a pulpit. He wants revival. You are revival. The life of God is inside of you. He's called you to live out of this place of extreme passion for Jesus. Like nothing can quench that. Like the desire for what he has and what he's got before you and to see the people touched around you has to be paramount. Right? But the only place it's going to come from is him. And I think we get stuck there like Evan Roberts, right? Listen, the anointing, it's the anointing. In 2 Kings verse 9, there's a, there's a story. It's the story of Jehu's anointing. You know, the powers of darkness aren't broken until there's an anointing that's released. And Lord, we're, we're looking for anointing. We're looking for, Lord, I'm looking for personal revival. I don't feel revived. And someone needs to, come on, someone in this room is desiring for breakthrough. Like you, you can't live without breakthrough. And that's the problem. We can live without breakthrough. We can live without it. Because it becomes not, you know, it'll come. But it says here that Jehu was anointed with oil. To what? To take out. To take out King Ahab. To take out Jezebel. And witchcraft. To take out the things of darkness that were coming against the land. And Jehu was anointed king to break that. 
So he wants to release an anointing for entire cities. Do you believe that? <laughs> Where does it come from? It doesn't just all of a sudden because we're... <laughs> oh. It doesn't come out of just... doing good works. I can do a lot of good works. I can do a lot of good things. You hear me? But the Lord's looking to pour out oil on you. And here's the thing. We look for it to happen here when God wants it to happen in here with no one looking. And he wants your life to glorify him here and honor him here. And when the doors are closed and no one's around what do we what happens what what does it look like and what does our heart want to do and where is our eyes gravitated to and what are the things that the lord is trying to pull out of us that he wants to remove so that we can walk with purity because the anointing came on david because of what because he was a man after his own heart and today, God, with this, we have a prophecy, we have a prophetic word that the, that the tabernacle of David is going to rise and be restored and repaired, don't we? And that will bring the harvest. Because they're not going one without the other, right? So you've got to establish a secret life in Christ, Right? There's no substitute. There can be no substitute for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's indispensable for an effective proclamation of the gospel. That doesn't just happen here, right? It happens when we talk to people. <laughs> it happens when we talk to people. And when we begin to present the truth of the gospel in our everyday lives, right? Is there oil on your life? I'm going to ask you tonight, is there oil on your life? Because God wants to release a greater oil on your life. It says this, that John Wesley spent two hours a day in prayer before he did anything, right? This is John Wesley, founder of the Methodist movement, right? And then one, uh, he, he, again, Ian Bounds, but he wrote about someone who, who knew him. He said he thought that prayer was to be his business only, which is kind of true, right? That his business than, any, than anything else, and, and that I've, he's seen him come out of the closet, and he had the glory of God on him. So is it about hiding away for four hours? No, it's about going and talking to your father. When you get two hours... I don't think, you know, early in the morning shall I seek you. That's what David said, right? Early in the morning will I seek you. I think he likes the early morning hours. I do. I think he likes one to three in the morning, to be honest with you, a lot. But the Lord, for whatever reason, he kind of shows up and messes with me in the middle of the night sometimes. Evan Roberts, again, I'm just going to give you revival history because Evan Roberts would just pray and pray and pray, right? Pray all night in a quiet room after midnight. And then one of the guys that was hanging with him said, I, I, all of a sudden, Roberts just began to have these encounters. He said, I would awaken every night a little after one o'clock. And this was most strange because he slept like a rock, right? How many sleep like a rock? I kind of do. <laughs> and no disturbance in my room would awaken me. From that hour, I was taken into divine fellowship for four hours. That means from one to four, he'd pray. He'd just be in Jesus land. How many want to be there? I just want to be there. Right, and this has to be the desire. This has to be a desire of the church. This should be the one thing that we seek, the one thing that we desire. That nothing else would matter except for seeking his face because even this, this makes no sense unless you have this. I can't understand this. Give me a doctrine of divinity. I still can't understand it without the anointing. 
I give you the anointing, the teacher who teaches you all things, all things. I mean to be so intense. And then it said this, that he couldn't tell you anything except it was divine. And then about five o'clock, he was allowed to sleep until nine. And at that time, I'd awake again to the same experience. So what does that look like? I'm like, wow. I read this the other day. I was like, wow. Like, no wonder why a nation was changed. Right? There's no, no wonder why a nation. And it was by him just kneeling and praying. And I don't, you know, the evangelism wasn't even, it was easy. Why? Because he had the anointing of God on him. That he had the presence and he carried glory on his life. But we don't think that's so important. We want to do church nice and we want to make people happy and comfortable. But I'm telling you tonight that the Lord is looking for those who want to be anointed with oil. Because I'm telling you, everything will change. If I go to sleep and wake up four hours, glory. Then you go to bed for a couple more hours, you wake up more glory. You get up, presence, overcome by God's goodness. I'm telling you it's starting to happen if you just press in a little more. God wants to come in and he wants to visit your car. Spend a lot of dumb time in the car. And the Lord begins to invade that space with me and I love it. I just don't want it like shut everything off. All I have to say is one word, Jesus, and presence comes. So he had these things happen, and his life was set ablaze into a whole nother place. Right? The nation could be changed <laughs> state by state. <laughs> And I, honestly, guys, I don't think it needs to be 10. I think it needs to be one. Because, <laughs> look, I look in history, and whenever something came into absolute blow up and blow out, it was one person touching the throne of heaven. I'm believing for 30. Come on, 20. Do I have to be like Abraham? I don't want to negotiate with God. Does it have to be 10? No, it, but if it is 10, then it's 10. The problem is we... Uh, four keys to sustain a life of prayer. Ready? I don't know what I'm... I don't mean to be like... Uh, it's, way, it's weighing on me tonight, and I don't know why. Because God wants to touch something in our hearts. Right? We... I believe in conferences and gatherings and we're going to have a gathering next week and I hope the Lord shows up and blows up, you know? But you know, here's the deal. You should take him to the meeting. Right? We're going to have a worship night next Friday. You should take him with you. Does that sound funny? It does. It, it sounds funny. But you know what I mean. Like, we come ready because we're so full of presence. Because we spent time with Jesus. Well, we don't have time to lay around all day and pray. Yes, you do. Because it doesn't matter what you're doing. This is where we get it screwed up. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It's a matter of who's with us while we're doing Right? Well, I've got so many distractions, brother. Get undistracted. Allow the cleansing power of God to come into your life and just wreck everything that you think matters. <sighs> Four keys. number one I already said it five times maybe 12 intimacy with Jesus right 
How do we sustain? We need to get out of a mindset that, man, church is boring, God's boring, 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 boring. And I don't think that we have that mindset in here, don't get me wrong. But I do know this, when we go to pray on our own, there's always something else we could be doing. There's always something going, Miles, can you attend to that? Trying to get out of work. I keep getting phone calls. It's just stupid. I'm thankful for the blessing, but it's like all of a sudden in the fall, I'm supposed to be closing things down, and I've got more things coming in. It's just, it, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? Can't curse the blessing. But the reality is, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm determined to float in to another realm like Enoch. Why was Enoch? Enoch went in and out. He had this communion with the Lord. He really did. I wish they wrote more. You can read about it in the book of Enoch. But people get nervous when you start preaching from the book of Enoch. The reality is that he had this amazing life where God was revealing and revealing and revealing. And there was a lot of revelation. You can't get to that place without God opening and revealing things. Right? So intimacy with Jesus. First love. Right? The life of a believer is to be led by a loving God and being loved by him. Do you know that? Don't get stumbled if we can't get past the love of God. Just because bad things happen doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Just because you went through some things doesn't mean God's forgotten about you and he doesn't love you. That's not the issue. The issue is this, that we need to focus on the goodness of who he is because he is a loving father. And right? And us being evil, what? We want to give good gifts to our kids. Right? We don't give them serpents and weird sick things. No. And God, how much more does he love us? Right? So number two, here's the biggie, right? I can say intimacy with Jesus 5,000 times and some, some, someone will grab it. But the main, the main thing is responsibility, right? We don't sustain prayer. Why? Because we don't see it as a responsibility. What's responsibility? Well, if, when you raise some kids, right? I'm not saying that that... You're disqualified if you don't raise kids, but I'm going to use this as, a, as an illustration. Here's the deal. I feel responsible for these lives, right? I feel responsible. I feel like I want to do them better than I've ever done. You understand that? So when you come into this place of prayer, you look at a city, you look at a region, and we want to see the glory of God and the glory of heaven come to a region so that what? So that it's greater than when we left, when we came, when we showed up, when we leave this planet, when we, when we go to be with God in glory, although Jesus may come before then, right? But you have, if we don't have a burden for a people, if you don't have a burden for people, if you don't want to see people change and you just want to take care of yourself, then I'm, I'm going to say you're going to have a hard time. That's why we need prayer. But there's a responsibility, right? And if we live with a sense of responsibility, we live what? Differently. Right? Because <laughs> all these things, right? I had kids. I didn't do the things I did when I was, you know, when, we, when Lisa and I were single and, well, not single, married, but we didn't have kids. We could do a lot, lot more things. As soon as you have babies, everything's the center. Right? It changes your life. And so you adjust. Because why? Because you want to, come on, you want your life to bring difference. Right? Change things. Right? For them. And so this is what I'm saying. The church needs to take responsibility. Three, theology of breakthrough. <laughs> what am I saying? 
Do you believe that you can get a breakthrough? Do you believe that God can shift things so that breakthrough can happen? Because I think this is part of what God wants us to understand. What does that mean? Oh, Andrew Murray said it this way, ways of prayer. We may and must confidently expect, to in, expect an answer to our prayer. Right? That's not like some profound thing he's saying. That's real. It's just he said it, so it's got weight to it. We have to expect that God's going to answer when you ask him for something, then he's going to do those things. Yeah? That when, when, the, when we actually believe and stand and believe, not almost believe, we really believe, we're confident, we have a great assurance that God's going to answer our prayer, that when we meet with him, that when we talk to him, I have, you have such friendship. Can I say that? Because Abraham was a friend of God. That's Old Testament. Right? There were three close ones to Jesus. We think that there's no favor in heaven, but I guarantee you there is when we get there. I know there is. What does he do? When you diligently seek him? diligence in seeking right and God begins to do things and he begins to pull you into his I want to be in Jesus' inner circle <laughs> and here's what happens with that we receive responsibility God begins to groom us in responsibility when we can't just serve yo if you can't just serve in simple things how, how do we get things that are greater I just, we can't. That's why we start with serving a city. That's why you start with serving people around you. That's why you start being a servant to all, because that's who Jesus was, right? And so he was responsible to what? The 12, right? And then he took care of the multitudes, right? He washed Peter's feet, but then he went, and he went to the multitudes, and he opened things up, and he said, go ahead, feed them all. Now you guys do it. Wait, 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 What? We don't have enough here. Yeah, we do. It's always enough. We think we can't do it on the bank account that we have. I'm serious. Talk about supernatural. Like we responsibility. God will multiply things if we're doing something with it. If not, we lay it down, right? Theology of breakthrough. Remember David? Let's just go to prophetic revelation first. Number four, prophetic revelation. Because he speaks to us through dreams. He speaks to us through visions. He speaks to us through his word, right? He speaks to us through his, through his word likely first, right? But we need to understand revelation. We need to understand. I need understanding when God begins to speak and and declare things to me, when prophetic words come to your life, you need wisdom and understanding to be able to walk those things out. So the theology of breakthrough, revelation, right? Jesus said it right there. He said, listen, when you go to your friend, ask him for three loaves. That's God unlocking, opening the word. Three, speaking of God himself, giving us bread. And don't you want revelation in your life? Not just to go, ooh, I got revelation, but to go, oh, wow, I'm, now I know what to do. Because if, if you just receive revelation and it's just something that's a yay, it's no good. Because it doesn't go anywhere. So now you want to just take that which he gives to you, take what I've given to you, and go and bring it. Same thing with the loaves. Just started breaking the loaves, Jesus did. It began to pour out to the multitude, to the 5,000. We can do this. We can do this. You can do this. Are you convinced? I please, please be convinced. The Holy Spirit wants to open this up to us. Ready? Let's just look at David's life and I'll, and I'll be quiet. We'll pray. Second Samuel. See, because David had a lot... 
How many know the Philistines were like a thorn in his side? Really? They were a thorn in his side. And I believe that the Lord wants us to, to really grab hold of this. Second Samuel, where am I? That's Kings. I marked it somewhere. There we go. Chapter 5. And you all know the story. Right? He goes up to the garrison. They anoint him as king. Ready? What are you going to do with anointing? <laughs> Every time we're anointed with something, some can, something's coming to us. <laughs> right? But you've been given the victory. Right? So it says, now when the Philistines, verse 17, verse five, uh, chapter 5, now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. Right? What's this? This is the enemy. Right? What did I say about David a few weeks ago? David was just that guy. Like, coming to me with something? You coming after me? I'm coming to you. I'm coming to get you. Right? Why? Because he learned it in the secret place. Right? He said it about the lion and the bear. He said, I, I'm with God in the secret place. I'm out in the field hanging with Jesus, and I, I know how to take you down. I know how to take the bear, I know how to take the lion, and you nine foot Philistine, I'm gonna take down him. So it said that what? It said when, when he was coming at him, David just started running at him. He just went after him. And so here's the same thing, except David's like, whoa, there's a lot of them. <laughs> what do I do? And he said, you're gonna do it like this, ready? He was at the place called what? Balperazim, which is what? The place of the breakthrough. See, they were coming to try and take him off of his throne. Say, no one can have your throne. It's all Jesus's and you're just sitting next to him. Right? It's Jesus's throne and you get to come on seated with him. Isn't that what the book of Revelation says? Come on, he's got, he's got places for you to sit. Question is, do you want to sit there? That's why I say this favor. It says, those who overcome, you will not come overcome anything unless you pray. We won't overcome anything unless we seek the Lord. We won't have breakthrough unless we seek him. Right? I'm not speaking death to anything. What I am saying is we need to get to a place of posture, not of striving, but a place where we know that when we press into the Lord, that he begins to speak to us and give us instruction just like this. It says this, he, he went to Belperazine. So David inquired of the Lord, verse 19, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord said, go up. He said, go. Go up. He said, but wait, wait, put the brakes on. Put the brakes on. He said, I want you to wait for the angelic host to hit the, hit the top of the trees. And as soon as that happens, I know it doesn't say that in the scripture, but it says, when you see the moving of the trees. What do you think with the moving of the trees was? I have a good idea. Come on. The Holy Spirit just began to speak to him. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Right? Therefore, we'll call the place Baal Perazin, master of the breakthrough. And then it says, verse 23, then David inquired of the Lord. He said, you shouldn't go up. He said, circle around them and come upon them, not come upon them in the front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching on the tops of the mulberry trees, you shall what? And the Lord will go out before you and will strike the camp of the Philistines. Done. Really? Really? There's nothing else to say. We need to ask the Lord, God, is, how many need breakthrough in their lives in certain areas? Yeah, just, just a few. Right, everyone in this room, 
I could use breakthrough. And I, I want to move from glory to glory. I want to do, yeah, when I get a breakthrough, I'm looking for another one. Because it's, I like the advance quickly part. And so if I continue to inquire of the Lord, if I continue to ask him and speak to him and declare, Lord, just, I'm going to knock. Lord, where are you bringing us? What does it look like? Lord, I'm asking that you open doors so that, right, no man can shut. Right? Keep, and you don't see it, but you got to keep knocking. Someplace, we're going to find the crack in the door. And when the door cracks and you say, Lord, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to declare breakthrough. Do you know you, you carry a breaker anointing because the breaker's inside of you? Jesus, the Holy One, is inside you. Let's stand. going to go back to what I said at the beginning, you know? God wants to pour out a strong anointing on us. He's called you. He says, I, he said, seek me and you'll find me and I'll show you great and mighty things, right? All we have to do is seek. Seek. So here's the thing. As we seek, we find. So I don't know about you, but I'm waiting, right? When they were all in one place in one accord, right? Fire from heaven came because they were doing what? They were waiting. Go and wait. Go and wait. Go and seek my face because when I when I when you're looking for me, I'm gonna come. When you're seeking me, you're gonna find me. And God wants to release a breakthrough on our lives, right? Like right in these moments. But even better, <laughs> He wants you to find it yourself. Because I'm telling you, when we find it ourselves, when we seek and we find ourselves, something amazing happens. It's not by any means, right? I, I believe in impartation. I believe in it. Right? But the Lord has me in this weird place over the last month where, I'm, where he's like instructing me. You're gonna, we're going to push into a place and you're going to find it yourself. Because when we find it ourselves, it's much more valuable. Right? So it might not even happen tonight. It might not even happen in this place. But we're going to open the place up just to just pray. You can pray where you are. You can pray, what, do whatever you need. Because this, he said, what? I'm calling the church to be a house of prayer for all nations. Right? That's why he started throwing all the other junk out. Flipping tables. And there's a place where he wants to pull us into that we have amazing breakthrough in our lives. So Father, we just raise our hands to you tonight. We thank you for who you are. I thank you, God, right now. We can receive just this. We just receive from you this place, Lord, where you just increase intimacy for us, Father, tonight. Lord, let prayer be brand new. I don't know, I feel like sometimes it's like stuff that goes on in our minds, right? That has us old, the old thinking. But he loves us so much. So God, I'm just declaring tonight that you teach us to move in to heavenly places with you. That prayer is not something that it's like we have to press and push and bang and but, Lord, there's an ease, Father. I just declare the ease of prayer tonight. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of breakthrough that's available for everyone in this room. And just release it for us, God, now. 
We thank you for breakthrough. We thank you for the quiet place of prayer. I thank you for the revelation of prayer. I thank you for the responsibility that you drop on us. Lord, I pray you, you, you open our eyes and our ears so we can hear what you're saying so that when we step into something, God, when we step into you, that you begin to put a weight of what you call us to on us. Thank you, Father, for who you are.